Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Emaciation. You're one of us now. Join the club. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes. Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes. Silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. Now listen up. Welcome back to the Festivus series, where we cover all of your favorite Christmas movies, including Jingle All the Way, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 4, Lethal Weapon, and more. Tune in all holiday season to listen to your favorite movies, covered on Blood and Black from Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Run Podcast. I am Ryan from ColdSplantation.com. I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. He's wearing a Santa hat today as we get into the uh, the first part of December here. I already started our Festivus series off early with, and, and, and well with Jingle All the Way. Obviously one of the best Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies out there. And, right, uh, right next to Twins. And as we talked about too, a great theme for the holidays. Get your kid... Exactly what they're asking for, and there will be no problems. Otherwise, possibly divorce. Possibly uh, Phil Hartman coming in and taking your wife. You know, in hindsight, <clears throat> um, now that I think about it, because I didn't bring it up when we uh, reviewed it, um, if I was Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'd be a little pissed off because he finally gets his uh, that little shit Jake Lloyd, his turbo man. He's like, I don't want to need the doll, Dad. And it's like, that's all you were talking about. Yeah. Piece of shit. That's right. Go twins. And not only was it a doll, but it was like the giant doll. It was like way bigger than a regular size toy. So he should have really yeah, been. Not even an action figure. Yeah, he, he should have really been appreciative of that. But no, he wasn't. So today we, uh, we're moving on with our Festivus series. And uh, we being are. Even, being even more traditional. Actually, yeah, we're being traditional. We're tackling. Um, Someone's favorite Christmas horror movie. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, someone has to love this film. Clint Howard. Yeah, Clint Howard himself. Uh, we are continuing our coverage of Silent Night, Deadly Night with Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. Or as uh, as uh, IMDb and, and the film itself refers to it, Initiation, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Um, and this- or known in the UK as Bugs. Yeah, Bugs. And I would say that Bugs is a much more appropriate title for this film. Um, and even even starting the film off with its subtitle, Initiation, is probably for the best. Because this film has really nothing to do with Silent Night, Deadly Night. And that's okay. That's not, I mean, n- neither was Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out. Mm. It was sort of connected, but barely. Well, Ricky was still in it. Yes, so. yeah. And it still did have a killer Santa at one point. Um, the The... Initiation is super unconnected from the rest of the films, and it also is barely about Christmas. Um, it does take place on Christmas, I guess. Uh, the the way that the film attempts to let you know that it's Christmas is, oh yeah, there's a lit up tree over there somewhere, or, or a wreath, yeah, and, or we'll have a holiday party and ba- passingly mention Christmas, or visit the boyfriend's family and talk about Christmas and Hanukkah. And, and how one's better than the other. And how, one, one's a, the right one. And how the war on Christmas, you know, still going strong in the 90s, you know. Oh, for sure. No one's taking away anybody's Christmas in the 90s. You you want to celebrate Hanukkah? Well, not in my house. <laughs> Which, by the way, happy Hanukkah. Yeah, happy Hanukkah, actually. That's so true. I, f- I forget. What is it, the second day? Third day? I don't know. I Honestly, I don't keep track of Hanukkah. I should. We should make it a thing and you get more presents that way. Although I always really did feel for those Jewish people who had Hanukkah. They get eight days of presents, but they get one present a day. Does that really equal Christmas? I mean, not everyone had the fairy book, fairy I, tale true. Christmases you had. That's true. You know, your wife and I are more akin to that. We're like, Christmas is canceled this year. Too busy working. Merry Christmas. This, some fu- pe- this fucking sucks. Some people just got a can of Simon Eyes, like in Christmas Story. <laughs> um, yeah, but so the, the Silent Eyes of the Night Four really has not much to do with Christmas at all, and it's kind of disappointing because at least the other films in the series, whether they kind of 
span the gamut from good to terrible, especially Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, if you go back and listen to our episode last year, they at least pretty much had Christmas in them. And I would say that... I would say this does a little even... Just as much as Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both I on mean, the he- outskirts of... Hell, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 has no Christmas in it. It's just, we're gonna rehash the first film and now, you know, and replay and then have garbage day! True, I mean, it, but I, I would say that the Christmas aspect of it does take up a, a vast majority of it. Because, obviously, most of it's told in flashbacks. And you're seeing why Ricky's fl- fr- freaking out yeah. because of, you know, Christmas, but... But I think... Th- Probably four has the least amount because for the longest time in this film, it really like Christmas is not a thing. People are picnicking outside. Well, because uh, it's in L.A. Right, it's in L.A. But you do get to they're see. They're picnicking outside. They're you know well, b- b- doing everything besides Christmas stuff. Well, that's not fair to them Californians mm-hmm. out there because you know true they, they we don't, don't get their their northeast. Honestly, you know. I'd rather them do like a L.A. Christmas rather than trying to pull out some fake snow that you can clearly see. I mean, to be honest with you, this is more Christmassy than Halloween is Halloweeny. Um, yeah, in some ways, I think maybe not. Depending on the Halloween film. No, I'm talking about the original. You're talking about the original Halloween yeah. and how Halloweeny it is. Yeah, I don't know. That's about a, that. I was say because that's something that's always been a point of contention that we brought up on the podcast when we were doing our Halloween reviews. Like for you know a film that's you know supposed to be about the how you know not really Halloween with the leaves and trick or treating at fucking one o'clock and. I mean, I would, I, I could give that a pass a little bit because I do see the Halloween aspects in it. Um, this one, I just really it doesn't give me the holiday spirit. All they're missing is eggnog. Yeah, that's true. Which they probably don't drink it out in L.A. because it's got too many, uh, you know, fats and carbs and just you know, it's not good. For, you know, I don't know. I was definitely hoping for a little bit more Christmas in Silent Night Deadly Night, especially because even like the plot itself does not revolve around any sort of Christmas. Or holiday uh, theme. So, for the most part, this is like if somebody and I—I I suspect it may be the case. Uh, I feel like they wrote the the script for Silent Night, Deadly Night Four, and really, it was at that point it was called Initiation, and or Bugs, which whatever floats your boat, whatever you like more, and uh, they wrote the script for it. And then someone said, you know what? This would actually fit on, like, we could tack, we could get this produced if we call it Silent Night, Deadly Night Part, in this case, Part 3. Because Initiation was meant to be Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3. Uh, so they said, fine, you know, we can do that. We'll just throw Christmas in there a couple times. Uh, we'll have a couple scenes that take place during Christmas. We'll call them Silent Night, Deadly Night. And perfect. You know, we, we, we've got a, a pre-existing... Uh, series that we can just tack this onto, and it's perfect. Now, um, what I said before is that Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 was supposed to be Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3, uh, and miraculously, <laughs> someone was like, you know what, we're going to pass on your script for an uh, initiation, and we're going to go with Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, better watch out. Somebody thought that one was a better movie than initiation. Because it is. I mean, it might be. <laughs> I'm not sure. I really disliked Better Watch Out. I mean, it's got the better subtitle. That's true. You know, it does. That, that sounds you know, more Silent th- Night, Deadly Night Three. Better Watch Out. Four yeah. initiation just really like doesn't say anything to you at, when you're like tuning. I would have rather it be like Silent Night, Deadly Night Four. Books, because then at least you're like, okay, I got what it's about, and that's it. It doesn't hide itself in like a very vague term like initiation. However. I'm not sure if I like three or four more after seeing four, because I had never seen four before this. Um, I think both are pretty bad. Um, four may be worse, I'm not sure. Although I did enjoy aspects of it, which we'll we'll talk about in a little while. Um, one thing to, to point out, too, is uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 is directed by Brian Yuzna, who is uh, fairly well known for his work on Bride of Reanimator, um, Return of the Living Dead 3, um... And a few other films that really are sort of like, um, I guess I would say like lower tier horror films, but still ones that like he's known for, um, beyond reanimator as well. He did. So he's done both of those. He did the dentist, which, you know, you had talked about, um, seeing like the covers for Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 and a few other films in 
video world. Yeah. Well, the dentist would have been right along with that. Oh, um, no, I, re- I do remember that as a kid. The ice cream man was, like, right next to it as well. And- yep. Um, and also, uh, Brian Yuzna did Society, which was also written uh, by the same writer of Silent Night, Deadly Night for Woody Keith. And the themes and ideas in, in Society and in uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 are actually fairly close. Uh, they both focus on, like, bizarre, surrealistic ideas. And uh, I, what though, was let's say what what is up with this whole late eighties to mid nineties like uh, cult horror fascination? What do you mean? It's a trend I'm starting to notice that we've done in the podcast of cults, just like these like Lovecraftian. Oh, you mean like, literally cult? Yeah. I thought you meant like no, like not people th- like no. cult cult fans of like these films. No, because this is not a cult film. Uh, it's not really. It, this is it's literally actually, like really been left behind. This is literally the like the niche of the niche of the niche. You know. I mean, obviously, Silent people Night, no. know about it because of the the franchise Silent Night Deadly Night. But do people really talk about Silent Night Deadly Night Four Initiation? Not really. I no, mean, it, we'll, it's and better, we'll, better watch out as too. As I say, as we're gonna probably find out from this episode, what's there really to talk about? But no, I'm, I'm talking about in general though, because it does seem like the obsession with the actual like cult. Yeah, uh, groups in the films, like, right? like like you know, like Lovecrafty, like because this film we've already done um, John Carpenter's uh, in the Mouth of Madness, in the Mouth of Madness, yep. it has you know, um, cult cult town yeah. basically a full you know full village uh, that's basically like a Lovecraftian village. You know, I mentioned the craft when we were watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a couple other that we've actually done that I'm like drawing a blank on right now, but it's like a tr- like a trend that I'm noticing. It's not just those like couple of movies, but yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, you should be able to like off the top of your head right now think. Of well, them, but... the faculty would yeah. be a cult cult. Uh, so I mean, it, it's a little bit different style, but in the same vein of cults. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a thing. It's definitely uh, something that especially oh, in Halloween your... three. You know, and that's a, and, and honestly, it doesn't really surprise me either because Brian Yuzna is pretty well ingrained in the Lovecraftian um, territory. Well, with Reanimator, be- because he did Reanimator. Um, he also did he also uh, did Dagon as well, which would have been another Lovecraft um, film. And again, I don't want to slight Brian Yuzna in case he's listening to this, but he's not that great of a director. Uh, most of his films are really not that good, uh, you know, in terms of artistic merit and things like that. I think da- people like Dagon for different reasons because it is so ridiculous and Bride of Reanimator and, Re- and Beyond Reanimator uh, have their fans as well, but um, he's not that great of a director. And I think we see that for the most part in uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 initiation uh, of things that really happen and they just kind of like seem to randomly happen and occur throughout the film. And you're right. I don't know how much we're actually going to get out of this episode um, in terms of like what we can talk about critically. We might be able to joke about some of the things that occur, but critically talking about initiation, it sort of like defies criticism, really. It's more of a like I, you know, yeah, that happened and I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're, we'll do our best, though, as we go through. Uh, we'll take a break for a second, though, before we get more into uh, initiation, and we'll talk about the beer that we have on the show today, because Martin did pick up a special beer, even though we said we really weren't going to even do a beer this time, um, because I'm trying to watch my figure, yeah, me so too, I'm, 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 I'm cutting down on the beer. Me too, but I'm, you know. I'm switching over to gin and tonics for the holidays. <laughs> cranberry gin and tonic. You put a little bit of cranberry in there, you get the splash of juniper from the gin. Uh, it's very holiday, holiday-esque. So uh, yeah, give that a shot though. Seriously, for your for your holiday beverage and health. Yeah, I just health. like switched yeah. to Miller sixty four. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I haven't. But well, what'd you get? Why and why did you get it? Well, today I got twenty first amendments brew free or die IPA. Because as we record this, December fifth, it is National uh, Repeal Day. Mm-hmm. Because that's the day the twenty first amendment got passed. Hence, uh, the brewery's name. See, we like it's so funny because sometimes we miss out on like major holidays on the podcast, things like that. And yet, 
we can remember to get a beer that commemorates National Repeal Day. We're amazing. Oh, which, which is we're funny, amazing. Which is funny too, because when, uh, when you were, t- I asked you, I'm like, oh, do we need a, a brew for the podcast, and you're like, no, I'm watching my figure. I'm like, great, can't can't wait till we re- we rename the podcast the Temperance League. I didn't say I said I'm not drinking beer. I could drink a vodka tonic. A lot less calories. <laughs> hit the low cal- hit the uh the uh low calorie uh tonic. But they go diet down tonic and they go down too quick. They do. And as I, you know, was finding out at our friend's wedding a couple like a month ago, you know, by just yeah, have another sure. This is fun, yeah, why not? Easy. Yeah. They go down quick. Um but yeah, no, I got um I got the twenty first amendment um IP, uh, brew free IPA. One because out of the beers that we get from them around here, it's really only that and the their watermelon beer. Yeah, and sometimes the black. Um, well, they do have a fifteen pack now, yeah. which is like a variety. It's got like the black IPA. Yep. Um, the brew free and a couple others, but I even though the watermelon one's technically only a seasonal. See it around a lot. I see it all year round, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of watermelon to begin with. Let alone my beer. So I went with uh, their Brew Free IPA, which I've had before. It's been a long time since I've had, though. Um, to be honest with you, I think it's probably their only beer I have had by them. Um, the only time I've really tried their stuff is when we go to Beer Fest in Saratoga. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had this in a couple of years. And so I said, why not? Pick up a six pack of it, you know, and to be, you know, kind of fit what we're, you know, the holiday. Today. Patriotic, yeah. sure. Picked it up, and um, I like it. Um, it is a little misleading, though, when it says uh, IPA, because it's not just an IPA. This is 70 IBUs and 7% alcohol, so it's basically a double IPA. Close, yeah. Um, and you can definitely taste it when you drink it. Um, the first one for me was kind of like, eh, it, a little too pine salty. Which I'm not, and I do like hops. I do like the nice piney taste, but it really was tasting kind of overwhelming. Like I'm drinking fucking pine salt right now. But after the second one, got adjusted to it and you know enjoyed it. That's a pretty good double IPA. Um, can't you were because you thought you and you'll probably say when you talk about it that you know you thought the Zaka hops were in it, but when you looked it up, you saw what was in there. Uh, I think it's that Centennial one that's really bringing out the... Yeah, that that could be. That overly piney taste to it, but it's got like four different hops in it. Um, it's pretty good. Um, not something I really ever go out of my way, though, to have, though, just because after two of them, it's, you know, just like... Whoop, right. You know. Yeah. Good, yeah I, go, good to go. I mean, and, and I, like I said, I like IPAs, and though I've, over the past couple of years, have kind of waned away from them, I am starting to kind of slowly kind of get back into drinking them more often now because I'm, you know, getting back and like, all right, I've been kind of avoiding them for a while, only having them every now and then because I'm getting sick and tired of the IPA craze. But even as that's going on, double IPAs, as much as I like them, it's not ever something, though, I would go go out of my way for. It's kind of like with stouts. Mm-hmm. I like Imperial Stouts because they get such a wide variety of, you know, flavors and tastes that you get out of them, right? Never gonna go out of my way though for one because it's a fucking daunting task to drink a twelve percent you know very heavy like stout like that. So it's like it's good and I'll drink it, but am I gonna go out of my way to spend like twenty two dollars on a four pack for something that's like had one I'm good to go for like two months now? Same thing with double IPAs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't go out of my way for stouts either. Um, I, I don't think I've ever had the Brew Free or Die IPA. Um, I think you have, cause they've had, have had it at the... Maybe, maybe I just never marked it down, but I don't remember having it. Um, but I thought it was really good, actually. I like the, the differing hops in there. I think that that comes out fairly well. Um, there is the Columbus hop in this one, which is, I guess, their bittering hop. And then after that, it finishes with the Centennial and the Cascade hops, And uh, I'm not really good at deciphering specific hops very well. Uh, I do somewhat know the Izaka hop because I've had that from founders before when they did just the Izaka hop um, IPA. Um, So this one definitely seemed familiar to me, but 
Um, I think that the there's enough of a distinctive flavor to this IPA that makes it um, stand out. So I do like this one. I do always like to mention and brag that I have been to 21st Amendment in San when I went to San Francisco. Um, and there, so I've only I've only had a few of their beers really. I'm I've had their black one, the uh, the black IPA. The beer IPA. Uh, yeah, the Back to yeah. Black. It's called Back to Black IPA. Oh no, I thought it was like yeah, Midnight Ride. Oh no, that must be a different one because there's the Back to Black. Which is the um, the black IPA? Because well, they do have a black IPA that they sell. Cause yeah. I've seen it before, and they call it the Midnight Ride. Huh. And they got Paul Revere on. I because I have seen that before. Yeah, this there's one that's called the black the Back to Black, which Back in Black. I'm sorry, which is a black IPA slash Cascadian dark ale. Um, actually, that is the one though. Uh, it has Paul Revere. It's inspired by Paul Revere's Midnight Ride, but they don't. They they call it Back in Black. I don't. I don't oh, maybe know. maybe I just misread it. Um, misread it. Oh my! I've God. had one of their um, cerveza styles, uh, and I've also had their uh, toaster pastry red IPA. And I think they're a really good um, brewery. I, I've liked everything that I've had from them. Um, and I think that the brew for your die is really good as well. Um, you should ask them uh, why they don't have a white IPA. Well, they might. I don't just probably have not seen it before like they have some weird stuff the one thing that we also get around here sometimes is the fireside chat which is their winter ale but it's like a um like a winter ale that i probably i don't go out of my way to try um and i don't know why i haven't tried it yet because that's one that we have around here and i really just have not had it yet so that one's on my list to to try in the near future as we get into the winter season and uh, hopefully we see that around somewhere uh, but yeah, Brew for Your Die, really good beer. Uh, pretty well... Uh, respected. Well, yeah, well respected as a brewery and, and also pretty widely available too, I think. So if you find it out, give it a shot. They also have a few variations on the Brew for Your Die. They got a uh, Blood Orange one. Um, they, I am interested. I have seen that one. I'm yeah. They got the Blood Orange one and they got like a double, a couple others. So definitely check them out. Are you ready to get into initiation and we'll see how far we can get with it? Well, I can tell you right now, um, this movie, already getting three points taken off for no warm side of the door. Well, that's, you know, that's something that probably all the subsequent sequels have been getting. And that's why they've all got negative three off the score <laughs> from the past. Minus three immediately. If you don't have the greatest... Christmas song ever written for a film in your movie when you have it right there for you to use. Well, the other thing is that if they had used that song in a Silent Night, Deadly Night sequel, that's all they needed to do. They don't even need Christmas in it. Just use the song. And I'm like, okay. Be great for There's the, the franchise. Birth in the fucking cockroach. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because the there pool. is sort of like that you know, montage that- of... In this film, as she's tr- as the cult is trying to change her and um, you know morph her into this sort of insect thing facing her fears, uh, there is sort of a montage of them doing things to her. They should have played that during the montage. No, what they should have done. Act no. The best part would have been hell. They fucking make a Silent Night Deadly Night three reference with the old. It's playing on the TV, which yep. <laughs> jokes on you, Clint Howard. No one's airing that on TV. Not even like your local UHF channel. Uh, No one's airing it on TV. And I'll tell you what, no one's sitting down to watch it on TV. Not even Weird Al on UHF is like, we're airing, you know, Silent Night 3, you know, because that's all we could get. So, but they do have that. And he's like, oh, gonna kill her. (laughs) So what they should have done, though, in the beginning when, uh... Our heroine and her boyfriend are having the sexiest sex you've ever seen commit the film. Literally a romp on the bed. Yeah. Like rolling around. Literally, where's Chorus Leachman going, roll, roll, roll in the head, you know, for Young Frankenstein. That's when you should have had Warm Side of the Door playing. Or when they're at, you know, Hank's family's Christmas gathering. Oh, there you go. That would have been a good You know, while the father's saying there's a war on Christmas, essentially. Have, you know, that playing in the background, like on the radio, like, and now for a little warm side of the door. That would have been a good good inclusion. And it probably would have made uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, like, ten times more enjoyable. Just because of that, like, extra additional, like, attempt at 
bringing this back to Silent Night Deadly Night. You have no idea how often, and I mention it every year since that movie, you have no idea how often that song gets stuck in my head. I'll be like order filling at work. <laughs> like, yeah, because you think about it during the montage. And I'll just be like, there'll be thunder and lightning. You think and about then, your boss looking at you I know, like, like, like the boss in Silent Night yeah, Deadly like, and just nodding like... You know, like Th- that's th- like what if somebody, you know, what work, if somebody did like, that to you at work? Would you would you feel like a fuzzy feeling in your heart? Like, yeah, yeah, I would, because you know what? They do mention like 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 one of my one managers always like you know it's like I had like was doing something one day at work and this is before he's a manager and he's order filling and he did the right thing like instead of doing the wrong thing he did the right thing and a manager came up to him and was like I was watching you and you know you didn't know know that I was watching you and you. Could have done this, but you did the right thing. And I just wanted to let you know. And that, like, make, every time I hear that story from my one manager, I just think of, like, yeah, nodding. Like, like, oh, he doesn't know that I'm watching him right now, but he's taking the time to fix that sign, you know? <laughs> it's just... Nodding approvingly. I know. I love that song. It's great. It's, it's, and I think it would have made Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 ten times you, better. You know what? I'm going to make sure to add it on my Spotify. There you go. Yeah, for your Christmas Christmas playlist. No, seriously, I love that. You had one of the greatest um, videos ever of just the whole, the montage. Our, Silent our, Night, Deadly Night, the montage. Yeah, they get taken down. Yeah, it got taken down. <laughs> yeah, uh, someone ran it. Yeah, I, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was like Anchor Bay or somebody that was licensing it. Yeah, yeah, they they they. They struck it down for copyright. They should make that like the alternate cup. Put it on the Blu-ray. Like, here's the alternate cup. They really should. They really should. Just have it. Just give me credit and then we'll be all good. Um, So, one thing I want to start out with for Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. For a direct-to-video movie. Yeah. Two well-known actors kind of in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, that wasn't what I was going to start with, but we can we can talk about that right now. I mean, Clint Howard. Clint Howard really made a name for himself in the late 80s and moving more into the 90s and even now um, of just turning up in random horror shit. Just, you know, it could be the worst movie possible. He's in the Ice Cream Man. Clint Howard turns up in it. He did that a lot, and and especially like in these like direct to video '90s films. And it makes well, it makes sense though, because he's Ron Howard's brother. Yeah, that's what he. It's, it's like oh, so it's like what's oh, what, how am I gonna beat Ron? Ron's fucking directing this and directing that and so, winning awards up the ass. So, so basically, show up in just sheer numbers. Just like yeah, just like oh yeah, I'm just just uh, you know, just do whatever. And it seems like he likes horror movies. I mean, obviously, if you're going to devote all your time to doing horror movies like that, you're going to... I hope you like them. Or either that, or he did one, and somebody loved him for it, and they were like, okay, you know, let's we're going to get him all the time now. He's great in them. Or he's like, easy money. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. I mean, though... How point. much money is really going to be made on Silent Night, Dead in the Night 4? Well, if anything, I'm going to take a point away from him for voting for Ted Cruz in the last... Uh, presidential oh did he yeah ouch <laughs> that's rough <laughs> but uh clint howard um yeah he he just would turn up in a lot of things like and you know i think probably his output has gotten shittier over the years uh but at the same time you gotta pre- he, he's again like malcolm mcdowell who just is like sure i'll be in that i'll do Lo- it for the love of you know for the love of acting you know that's right right um, the other one, Maude yep. Adams. I mean, and and I would say that that's she's not a very well known actress. Uh, she was a Bond girl. She twice. was. She was a Bond girl twice. She's for the sure. only person to be a Bond girl. Twice. But I don't know that many people like just watch it. I certainly didn't recognize her. Took it took a minute for the, yeah. As I'm getting old and curmudgeonly, it did take a little bit for the all the nerves neurons connect on that one. I know who that is and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. And then didn't, didn't stand out to me, but you're right. She was in a, a bond, a couple bond movies and, uh, she's been in a couple other things as well. Nothing really major. Um, but yeah, I mean for a direct to video movie, I guess that she's not a bad actress. She's though. not a bad actress. She just in fact, she's in fact, she's one of the better parts of this movie. Yeah. She just doesn't get a whole lot of, stuff to do i mean she's really like just forced to be this very blatantly uh somewhat evil person like it's never not clear that like this lady's got something mysterious going on uh 
but she just never is really given that much to do in Silent Night Deadly Night 4, so I can't really blame her acting particularly. It's more the probably the directing and the writing Overall and, story. Yeah, and the story itself that's really just doesn't give her Just much. things happen. Person's, things happen. This thing, this person combusted? I'm going to be the investigative journalist? Yeah. And we'll see where it goes, and then it's just slow... This is where it goes. Yeah, the whole the whole opening of this film, which we talked about a little bit, the the rampant tantric sex that's happening in the beginning of the film. Um, after that, you know, they're they're noticing that this woman has spun, I guess, jumped off a building. She's on fire. She she obviously dies when she falls on to the ground. And no one has really seen this activity occur besides Ron Howard, and he's a Ron like, Howard. Yeah, he's Ron Howard, and he's basically a bum on the street. So yeah, Ron Howard. I didn't know Ron Howard. Or, <laughs> Ron Howard. Clint Howard, uh, Clint Howard is basically a bum on the street, and he didn't really, you know, he didn't say anything. But he so, was really pissed off that that fucking half-eaten burger he found, no cheese. Yeah, no cheese on it. Really, if I was like scrounging for food, if I uh, literally if I was scrounging for food in like the garbage in the streets, if I found a fucking burger, I'd be praying there's no cheese on it at least. It's like, God, that's that's true. Because it's like, do you really want like like? moldy nasty yeah. no, like i'll just take the bread and the right no the beef no cheese know? for me I don't, yeah. i'd rather not risk it yeah yeah pray but, until somebody got the whopper and not a big mac but after these people see you know they 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 learn uh, the police obviously investigate this this uh murder slash suicide whatever they're not did sure they? what it is they, kind of but they, they just, i think all yeah. they did was they do did. a chalk outline yeah. <laughs> like you know in the most stereotypical like this is what they used to do. Like, do you remember that in L.A. Noir, Cole Phelps, when the, there's the dead body? Like, like yeah. someone drew it. No, they don't, I don't think that was ever a thing. I think it's something Hollywood kind of. Yeah, basically, it's just. Came up with. Like, it, oh, yeah. But the thing is, like, in that entire investigation, like, somebody just comes up with this random fucking idea that this must have been spontaneous combustion. You know what they were doing? Watching a little bit too much of Robert Stack's Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, I mean, I remember distinctly in <laughs> Episodes, one episode yeah. of Unsolved Mysteries where a lady was sitting in a, a chair and spontaneously combusted. I could, I could, yeah. I think I remember an episode. Yeah. It's not exactly that one, but it was like an old man. Yeah, an old man just like spunt, and Robert Stack's like, and they never found out what happened. Yeah, it used to. Uh, Used to scare the crap out of me, like you just spontaneously combust. But in this film, there's like no evidence to support that she spontaneously combusted. Like somebody really jumped to conclusions to say she spontaneously combusted. Like there couldn't have been like a trail of gasoline up there that got set on fire from afar that no one saw, or maybe you know, she set herself on. Maybe she yeah, maybe she set herself on fire. Maybe she was smoking and accidentally <laughs> drops a cigarette on herself and set herself on fire. No, that's a, no. That, uh, what did, she, what did she do? Douse herself in kerosene? No, she probably had some, like, uh, ridiculous nylon... Wool sh- like, <laughs> yeah. shawl that, like, you know, was, like... Caught fire immediately. It's oh, that, a... you know what? That doesn't make sense, because our heroine's uh, pants are the fucking... Yeah, and... and Parachutes. And, and everybody's got some either permed or uh, hairsprayed hair, so she probably would have caught fire quickly. But that's the thing, though, like... Where does spontaneous combustion factor into that? That's not, like, any good police officer's not going to immediately say, like, well, I can't figure it out. It must have been spontaneous combustion. I do remember that being, like, a big rumor, though, in, like, the 90s. like That uh, that could happen. That yeah. Sometime. I remember, just... like, talking about, like, elementary school. Like, yeah. Fifth grade. Like, you hear, you're like, oh, this, you could spontaneously combust it. Like, if you held a fart in. You, <laughs> you know? That's probably what she did. She held a fart in too long. Well, and... lady, you know, women weren't, you know. Yeah. You know, she, they, it was a buildup of farts. It propelled to... her off the building and set her on fire. <laughs> you know what's funny is I did see a meme this morning on uh, Facebook, the old book face of it's like when you find out women poop and it's a guy like sitting on a cliff like forlorn, like <laughs> like, like, like uh, they do. Yeah, you know. So I, I get to like you know again that fits like the whole nineties thing because you know yeah there's a lot of nineties uh, esque like uh, things going on in here. But you're right, things, in, in Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, things just happen. They just, you just go along with it. Nothing really makes much sense. The biggest thing that comes out of this film is the theme that it's a boy's world, the boys will be boys, and there's this woman on the outskirts, she's a reporter, this she's not is, getting jobs. This is 28, 30 years ahead of its time. That's it's, right, you know, yeah. Of this... I was I I, I I got I I commend it for that. It's sort of like like you said with the craft. It is in similar style to the craft in that you have this you know 
uh, empowered group of women who are trying to do that to others and, you know, at the same time, maybe accidentally setting them on fire or, <laughs> or uh, having them birth giant insects. But, you know, at least they're getting empowered by it. Um, but, yeah, th- things just happen. One thing I wanted to bring up at the start of this before is that – Before Yeah, sorry. before you interrupted me uh, rudely about Clint Howard is uh, that <laughs> – a lot of people, and I, I don't know if I should say a lot of people, uh, I've read that a couple people <laughs> have referred to um, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4 as the Halloween 3 of the series because it is like super unrelated to the rest of the films. Uh, it does have that insect a- aspect of it that Halloween 3 does when the, the masks sort of... Uh, it is making me think more of Phenomena. It does, yeah, it does remind of Phenomena as well, um, but... I just thought it was just interesting. Because it, just because it's so random. Like in, pheno- sure. like in Phenomena. It's like, oh, they should say... And then like, there's a monkey! <laughs> well, the chip makes more... Donald Pleasant's chimp in that movie makes more sense than like, I'm telepathic and all of a sudden talking to insects, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do think... It, 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 it is, does seem like in this film, like some like Italian guy is like whispering in his ear like, why don't you let insects? Creepy, eh? Yeah, spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> I do think like... um. <laughs> It, it, I I'm surprised that somebody had the gall to compare this to Halloween three. I I think I ha- I want to say I think pe- I find it hilarious that people had the because I read when I was reading online I was what uh, one reviewer compared the effects to Cronenberg's The Fly. The Fly, right? How dare you? I th- <laughs> not even close. Well, you know what? They're not as good as The Flies, but I will say that the effects are probably one of the best parts of Silent Night Deadly Night four. They are at least practical. They do have that goopy Cronenbergian. No, I mean they're not. Uh, they're not bad, but like Cronenberg's a fly. That's like still, as we talked about when we reviewed it for our, you know, Jeff Goldblum month. One of the like best practical effects you'll see in film. Here, I, I mean, it's like good, but like I think the biggest comparison from this just comes from the fact that they both have insect stuff going on. You know. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 has bugs and they're goopy and they're, you know, they've got like a, bur- there's a bug birthing scene. There's giant cockroach things that come out of people's, or go into people's stomachs, come out of people's stomachs. Um, so that whole aspect, sure. I mean, it resembles Cronenberg's stuff. Um, do the, are the effects like up to that par? Probably not. But they, I mean, they, they are good and they may be the best part of initiation. If you watch the film for anything, it'd, be for uh, it'd probably be for the effects. And even so, like, this is one of those films, I think, that you see as a trailer and you're like, huh, that looks kind of interesting. You know, you see the best parts of the effects and stuff in the trailer and you're like, you know, that, that kind of looks like fun to watch. And then you start watching and you're like, this is not fun to watch. I am not having fun this watching this. This is an 88 minute film and it takes literally until the last like 25 minutes for shit to happen. Yeah. Until then it's just like, ah, I think it'll just shit. Yeah. Like things happen. Um, randomly really, really things happen for no reason. And, um, the main character, Kim is really kind of propelled into this whole scenario where it doesn't make sense why she's doing this she's going against her boss's will by uh going to report on this spontaneous combustion death and then she's going into a bookstore to research occultist occultic things and happens to meet um maude adams maude, yeah maude adams's character fema and terrible fema, name and fema is so so clearly Got something going on behind the scenes that, like, there's never a mystery to this at all. No, she's, you can totally tell she's coming off of, like, a lesbian witch doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she's she's like, like, and, and even, come the, to my, come to my picnic. What person's like, if you ever went to a, if you went to Barnes and Nobles, yeah. and you're like, buying the next book for the book club, you know? Yeah. And as you're checking out, someone's like, you're very pretty. How would you come to a picnic tomorrow with me? Here's the, would you be like... I'd love to. I think it would depend on if there was free booze there at this picnic. Then I might. I would be like, sure, I'll go. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is weird. But the weirder part is um, she buys the occult book and then she, uh, FEMA tries to offer her this uh, initiation of the virgin book. And she's like, no, no, thanks. And she's like, no, I insist you have it. She's like, no, no, really, I, I don't want it. I don't want to pay for it. And she's like, yeah, but it's free. And she's <laughs> like, no, I still don't want it. I still don't want it. And it's like at that point, there, there's no more mystery 
with how would you like this theme as and how would you like this date? Which I, I look, it, it's dates that she had. They're dates. I I really thought who they the were just, fuck eats dates? I really thought they were just meant to be like bu- like dried up bugs. They're supposed to be dates. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense, I guess. Dates, but at the same time, you can even see Neith Hunter who plays uh, Kim. What a fucking terrible name, Neith. I know. I I mean, I'm I'm assuming that's how you say it, like Keith, but Neith. Neith yeah. I'm assuming, but I don't know. So it could be Neith. I don't know. That wouldn't be better, but um, no, that'd be you actually, could just, that'd actually be worse. Yeah, worse. you could just see when she's chewing the date. She's like, "This is fucking terrible." Like that was an <laughs> authentic reaction, <laughs> and maybe one of the best reactions we get out of Neith Hunter in the film of just her chewing the date and being like, "Oh, you know, I'm just trying to get through this right well, now." Because I, I was like, "Is it a prune? It looks, it looks like potpourri goop shit." You know, like <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't look appetizing. No, and you were saying. When you go to a bookstore and you see this really unappetizing piece of shit in a bowl, do you just grab it? Like, I'm starving. I know. I I haven't eaten. No, okay. I'll I'll take whatever you've got. No, I'll wait until I go to In-N-Out Burger. You have In-N-Out Burger in L.A., right? Right? I hear it's pretty fucking good. I wouldn't know. I live on the East Coast. Yeah, I I definitely would not be, like, just taking this glistening turd from this bowl. Again. This is, like, another reason, reason why I could never live in California. Who the fuck is, like, running around, like... Got a snack? Yeah, I got some dates. Healthy, healthy dates. They help you poop. Like maybe I'm just like too white trash for that kind of crap. Like I still don't really understand the the reasoning behind why she needs to eat the dates because they make it a a pretty big plot point that she eats it in the store and then they feed it to her after she's been. I guess it's part of like well the whole part of the what well, not part the big problem of this plot is they don't really explain how they're Maude Adams and her. Gaggle of you know Witch feminist cult, yeah. yeah feministic uh, Stevie Nicks occult women <laughs> you know uh, how the their witchcraft works no it's just shit happening so you don't understand like so like are the dates actually bugs and like they're like burrowing put, burrowing into her stomach you know what's going or on is it her reading the book because sometimes she reads the book yeah. and then insects just appear in her house you know, well, yeah I know is is she, she hallucinate like what like well how does all this work we have no fucking shit just happens yeah and and the problem with um woody heath's script is really that um i understand what they're going for with this and i understand that they want it to be like surrealistic and sort of gross oh that's another thing the bugs were kind of reminding me of um naked lunch yeah the you know the Burroughs book I yeah mean, I haven't really, yeah. I only read parts of it from my college roommate who was like you gotta check this out it's like how disgusting and shit this is but I have seen clips of the actual movie and there's like fucking anus bugs and shit so that kind of reminded me of in this like he's like yeah you know like anus cockroaches right yeah around. I mean I I uh, I get what they were going for and they wanted it to be you know abstract a little surreal they wanted it to have that body horror that I'm pretty sure probably they were influenced at least by Cronenberg if not. You know, m- matching Cronenberg. Um, so I get I get that idea. And I get the idea that, like, they're trying to empower her as a woman uh, by making her face her fears. And the fear is manifested as a bug that she is first impregnated with and then spits out. But again, why? But, yeah. but the why, whole- why, why is it a, a cockroach that manifests... Fested sphere. What's her fear? We don't know what her fear is. Is it the fear her, of the bug? Or no, is it- her fear is her fingers getting all jumbled together. Like, yeah, bound. Like, uh, and- I, I don't know. I don't I don't get it really. The, I don't feel like the surreal imagery, if if there was an intention by all of that, uh, I don't really feel that it comes out. And you really need that if you, you're expecting, you know, if you want to be Cronenberg. You re- if you're going you be, for you a theme pretty, like that. You have to be pretty cerebral and have like, you yeah. know, it thought out. There, and-, and there has to be like... The, uh, method within there that the audience can get a, at least a thread of because we really don't have any idea what that technically all means. It doesn't make sense like why she has to birth the bug and then she births the bug and it it, it comes out of her and yet she's not finished with the initiation. She's now got to murder another Clint, boy. Why? Why does Clint Howard have to rape her? Yeah. After she's already been, you know... Had the cockroach, you know, shoved up a coochie. But with a dildo nose. Why? As I said, that that mask, it's like, now I know where Kubrick got eyes wide shut from, you know? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, everyone's going to be walking around with big penis masks and they're going to have orgies. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, just none of it really comes together in a, a cohesive plot. I mean, you can get the gist of it, but the actual understanding of what 
they meant by it uh, is another thing entirely. And I don't know that even maybe Brian Yuzno or Woody Keith really know what they meant by initiation. Um, the the main theme, overall theme, is there to an extent, but but actually getting anything more from it um, is pretty much impossible. But so, but yeah, does it make sense? Yeah, no, it doesn't because I she's being initiated into this covenant or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Maude Adams' daughter literally just died the other day. Yeah. So how the... Or what she calls her daughter. Maybe she's referring to her as a daughter in the sense that, like, she's the daughter of the coven. Because she does refer to to, um, Kim in the same sense. as like she wants another daughter. She's trying to, you know, so... Yeah, I know. But so my whole point is, like, again, it's not explained enough. So if you were just to take it at face value, okay, so her daughter died. Well, the explanation is that her daughter wasn't strong enough to be able to do the murder. So she's burnt from the inside out by this fear that she has. And we see that a little bit with Kim because she gets in the shower because she's starting to catch spontaneous fire. Uh, so she's putting it out and she has to go murder somebody so that she doesn't yeah, catch on her, fire. Yeah, her boyfriend's little brother that yeah. you know, we saw for two seconds at the the family Christmas party of her boyfriend wearing that strapping turtleneck. And, and then, but the other thing too is that at the end of the film... Kim begins to catch fire because she can't murder. And so what she end up ends up doing is all of her fingers clasp together into like this big tentacle and she sh- and it's on fire and she shoves it through FEMA. And so FEMA catches fire and everybody's okay and the coven ends. And it doesn't really make any sense either. Is, is this a thing like she's the head witch? So the head witch, you know, it's sort of like vampires. If you kill the head vampire, if the one that turned everybody, then everybody's not a vampire anymore is that the same thing with fema it's really not explained and and the end of the film is absolutely so abrupt that you like look away for a second and it's over it's just yeah i missed it because i looked away for a second you missed it all it was was a shot of fema on the ground you know to mimic her daughter's death on fire and then credits done that's it we're out this film is one that probably you know, if it had been better paced, um, better written, it could have used a longer running time. I wouldn't wish that on anybody in the uh, in the way that it's presented to us now in this film. At 86 minutes, this is still really boring until like the last 20 minutes. And even still, it's pretty boring. Yeah, I would say that the last I just 20 got, minutes I just at got, least I, pick up. I just got a nice laugh out of Clint Howard and his penis mask. You yeah. Know? yeah, but I would say like the last 20 minutes actually do pick up. The whole bug aspect of it becomes more prominent towards the end and it's a little bit more entertaining but the first like 50 minutes of her just being like a reporter and trying to figure out this she's not even a reporter uh, yeah not really i mean she just she she wants she wants to do it but men keep holding her down because some boys will be boys what i don't understand too though this goes back to the whole like surprise so the whole town's in on it type of you know trope that i said that is becoming a more and more common theme as we kind of go along in the films we review why is her friend that was like at the like uh a report you know secretary where she worked like who's like boys will be boys you know type thing why is she in on it yeah why is she doesn't attend the picnic or anything she's i know but like why is she like, why is she on like why are other people who are like why are you in on it like <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't make sense it's again it's kind of like how um god i'm drawing a blank but there's I'm drawing a blank, but there, there's like one movie, like one movie I'm thinking of that we reviewed where it's like, oh, you can help me, you can help me, and it's like, surprise, I'm, you know, like I'm part of the cult too. Everyone's a part of the cult, woo, yeah. you know, yeah, type, you know, yeah, it is. It's it's weird. It's not explained, and I don't know. I just, I mean, it just makes even less sense than this because like, there's no hinting towards it. It's just you know, like all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever her name is, Janice or whatever, yeah, yeah Janice, Janice. She's in on it, so. She thinks she's going to reprimand Ricky for trying, you know. And she's like, nope, you're going to make this even worse. Stop it, you know. You have raping to do later. <laughs> Let's talk about the um, the amount of Christmas that's in this. <laughs> what, what do you see for Christmas movie, uh, holiday stuff in here? It's normal. It's, an, it's literally a normal California Christmas. There's wreaths and trees, and that's, you know. Yeah, it's the walkways sometimes have Christmas stuff yeah. on it. There's Christmas stuff on the TV a little bit. 
Um, my favorite part is is the holiday party that they have with uh, Hank's boyfriend's house. Yeah. yeah, Hank. Hank, yeah. Because that dad is just hilariously stereotypical. Give me a beer. Yeah. Drinking it from a mug in his own home. Like, who's yep. like, like, bought some high well, life you know and he, I want my wife to pour it in a frothy mug. He, he probably has a hopsy kegerator like I have. That's how he gets it. No, but that's probably my favorite part because it is so ridiculously over the top. Um, <laughs> she doesn't celebrate Christmas because she's Jewish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just keeps <laughs> laughing about it. It's great. And she doesn't really Hell, say anything. And women, you know, I believe, and just out like, again, it's like one of those, like, nightmares that you would have, like, if, like, if you bring, like, uh, you know, your significant other over to your family and them just totally going off the rails. Like, yeah. You know they're a little crazy, but then, like, like, as this is going on, you're like, oh, God, no, no, no. You know, no, why are you, no, why are you saying that? Like, so he's like, yeah, no, she's Jewish. And he's like, <laughs> Jewish. And then she's like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really religious, to be honest with you. I don't really, I just think, you know, they're all just kind of there. You know, that's what I think. think. And he's like, well, I think women belong to, to make babies. And yeah, to, really- and, and to be, to, you know stay at home and take care of babies. Yeah, and, then, and then she's like, okay, sir, that's good. He's like, you know, woman came from man's rib. That's why you stay at home and make babies. She really so- shifted away from the whole Christmas thing quickly <laughs> into like totally different territory about how women should stay in the house and <laughs> make din- make lunch and dinner and bring beers. You know, his wife is just sitting like, oh, honey... Well, the other That's why I'm an alcoholic. The other funny thing about that too is that this film is really like over the top about that whole thing because even her boss is like, "Okay, uh you don't get the job, but you could go make us some coffee now." It's just very um, <laughs> Well, not like that, but like not only that too, but like her boyfriend takes the article that she's like, "You didn't even fucking want to do that, you stupid son of a bitch." Yeah. And then he's like like, "She's mad at me. I'm not going to have, you know, roll around sex with her anymore." True. Of- because of it. So then when they get back to the office, the guy's like, you know, you're not supposed to do that, but uh, we decided, you know, that maybe you can do that if it doesn't interfere with your womanly duties here. And as he's saying that, her boyfriend's like winking at him, like, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, I told him, like, you should have it, you know? Uh, you know, like, hey, did you, you only got that because, you know, I put a word for you. Yeah. 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 It's great, too, because, like, you know, when she's upset with him, he's like, calm down, let's just... I'm going to start feeling your ass now, you know, to well, make you feel better. That'll calm me down. And she's like, quit that shit out, you know. Well, she tries to commit suicide, and then they end up having sex after. <laughs> like, right directly after. Well, that's because she's, like, possessed by the bugs. Yeah. I think that's more like the bu- like bugs. But, like, no, she, no. Because she's acting out of character. No, for her it is, but for him he's not like, you nearly took a huge overdose of pills, and now I'm going to have sex with you? There's no, like, second... He's like, well, I'm getting some, so... Well, it's it, great. Ro- it go. It's great role play. I'm gonna try to poison myself. Yeah. And I, I stop you, and then she's you like, "I'm me. gonna fuck your brains out." And he's like, "All sure. right, yeah." yeah Which, by the way, that's 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 you know like verbatim of what I just said. Like, she's like, "I'm gonna fuck you now." Like, well, she hasn't talked like that before. Like, you know, she's like when they have sex. It's the empowering aspect but, of the bugs. Yeah, but she's like, "I'm gonna fuck you now." Like, and he's like, "Go for it, Gora." I don't have to roll this time. Yeah. Awesome. Go right ahead. I'll take a nap. <laughs> um, how about that score? Oh yeah, you think the score is super annoying, don't <laughs> it's you? It's fucking dreadful. Yeah. Oh, it's like it the... didn't really bother me that much, but for you, you 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 really couldn't stand the whole whoosh whooshing every three seconds. It's like you're fucking like a Zelda game, like opening a treasure chest. Like da-da-da-da. it's the same thing in here. It's like. I noticed something. It's like wind chimes. It's not it's wind a, chimes, but or they're not wind chimes, but it's. Oh, it's, fine. A shitty Casio keyboard. It sounded it's, like like it's like supposed to be a wind chimes. Like yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's that very stereotypical like horror movie sting. Yeah, like, you know, it's oh, it's fucking terrible. Um, I mean, I never, I didn't really notice it that badly. Like I didn't, but. You're right. I mean, you 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 would use that like a noise sample. True. <laughs> but the but the thing I did notice is this direct to TV movie has 
a, a many, many cut to black uh, scenes of like it. It reminds me of like the TV movies, the Saturday TV movies, where like we'll be right back with the conclusion of with the well, and they would they would actually you know they would have to kind of talk it up here, so they'd be like, we'll be right back with the thrilling conclusion of Silent Night Deadly Night Part Four, and um like they used to do that all the time with Saturday movies on you know like. UPN and and some of those channels, we um, now return. Yeah, and we yeah we lives. now return. And that, those those bl- cut the blacks. Besides the uh, uh, rampant nudity throughout from uh, Neath Hunter, uh, that would be pretty you know easily done in a uh, TV movie. And a lot of this film really does resemble a TV movie, um, from the cuts to uh, this the storyline itself, which. In the opening of this film, really, you you said it best. Actually, resembles like an "Are You Afraid of the Dark" episode, oh, like As, an adult terrible yeah. cut to you know. Especially that beginning aspect where you know the the whole uh, spontaneous combustion off the roof takes place. You see uh, Clint Howard's face when he runs off, and then it just cuts out and goes to the title card. You're expecting like the ta- like you know, the Midnight Society presents Yeah. The it, it, tale it, it, of It very much is like a, a 90s TV show. Like 90s horror TV show. Other than that, that's all I got. I, I don't have anything else to say really about uh Silent Night Deadly Night 4. It is pro- you know, between, pretty fucking forgettable. Yeah, it's pretty forgettable. Um, there's a reason why no one really talks about it. I, I literally have not heard anybody talk about initiation. Um, and even like part five, which we're doing next year, I have never heard anybody mention part five, um, which actually is more about Christmas than this one. Produced by Brian Yuzna and has Ricky and Kim in it. In the fifth one, but they're not um, prominent, you know, actors in that one. But we'll get to that next year. Don't you worry. That's on the calendar. Um, all right. So we, I guess we have to rate Silent Night, Deadly Night for initiation. And uh, I guess we'll do out of ten cheeseless burgers, uh, what would you give Silent Night, Deadly Night for? I'll give it a four. Yeah. This is fucking boring. It, it, for an 88 minute film, it is fucking dreadfully slow. Until At least it was only 88 minutes. I know, but even and I said, yeah. and I said, thank God when you told me like, yeah, it's only like an hour and 20 a.m. Like, thank yeah. the fucking lord. Um, it's really painfully slow. I mean, I, literally outside of the effects and Clint Howard, even Maude Adams to a little extent, this is like so bland and pedantic. There's nothing, like, really egregious about... And that's the thing, too. There's nothing, like, really terrible about this film. Yeah. And, except in the fact that not enough is explained to know what the hell's going on. So you're just fucking bored throughout it. Mm. Like, e- even though um, Kim played, you know, by Neith Hunter, she's not bad, but at the same time, she's really wooden, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's, like, get, given nothing to do, and she's kind of, like, throwing this LSD trip of a fucking movie... And like, hey, you just go along with it. And it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. There's no motivation, as far as you can tell, until the very end. And again, it's very tenuous at that. Um, the film just, it just rambles on. It's just, like, you know, going from one idea to the next without any real cohesion to it. I think if it, they did explain Maude Adams' uh, coven a little bit more... And to what's behind the magic, why, and like what's, you know, their history, etc. Make it a more interesting film. At least you'd have something to kind of get behind. But that's not there. It's just, yeah, there's cockroach bugs and shit, anus bugs and shit like that. Yeah, shit's just happening. Clint Howard's got a fucking dildo mask on. You know. Um, it's just, it's an uninteresting film. It's boring. It's pedantic. There's nothing, there's literally nothing interesting about this film. Um, and that's literally the worst thing you can say about it. Cause unlike, you know, some films that we reviewed on here that are so bad that they have some things that are enjoyable about it. There's nothing, there's literally nothing here. It's bare bones, interesting ideas, I guess, but like, there's nothing that ties them all together to make you know, make those ideas that are interesting, interesting. Mm. So I'd give it a four out of 10 and the score is fucking uh, to my ears, obnoxious with all its horror stings. 
Um, like I said, the acting's not bad, but overall, it's just the screenplay it's, and direction itself is aimless, and so it goes nowhere. And so by the time you're done watching, you're just kind of like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. I would give it, a, um, I guess I would give it a a 5 out of 10. Um, I don't think it's too terrible. I think I actually like this one a bit more than Better Watch Out. Um, a little bit more. Uh, so this one, while I don't think that it's good for the majority of the film, I think the last 20 minutes come together a little bit better. A little entertaining. They do resemble in some ways um, uh, Cronenberg's the fly and though i don't think that the special effects are that good uh they're they're probably the most interesting aspect of this film um clint howard is is all right he plays clint howard and really um there's not much more you can ask about that um and i think that you know some of the other actors in this are okay there's no one really that stands out um neith hunter is is all right she has like the i guess she's the eye candy for this um, she was a former model. Yeah, and and she, that's pretty much it for for uh, this film. She's really not a great actress, but um, she does okay. Uh, other than that, I think I just you know enjoyed the the bug aspect of it more than anything. Um, the rest of it is pretty much mm, not that great, I would say. Uh, and and though I think that it's probably better than Better Watch Out, um, I do understand why this one is really not well referenced at all by most horror fans and people who like the suddenly silent night deadly night series um so yeah not recommended for christmas (laughs) not really a strong christmas movie to watch go with black christmas instead that at least you got john saxon i was just about to say you got john saxon's there he saves the day every time yeah uh, what are we doing next week? Which one? Uh, well, seeing as I can only remember uh, Lethal Weapon, and I don't know what the hell we chose for the fourth one. And now I think about it, we have enough for a five. Uh, I have to look at. I have to look at the calendar because what the Wednesday, the last Wednesday of December for us when we were reviewing, it's going to be the twenty sixth. So we have one. We have room for another one. Oh. I gotcha. So, so we're actually going to get in four in the time, the right time frame. So we could do five for that was what gotcha. I'm saying. So uh, the other one that we had, didn't we say we were doing? Um, did we did we say we were doing Santa Claus two? Is that that or Home Alone? I think we should do the Santa Claus two because we did Santa Claus last year and it makes sense. Okay. So we could either do the Santa Claus two or Lethal Weapon next week. We'll hop back more into the Christmas spirit by doing the Santa Claus. Santa Claus 2? All right. Yeah. Sounds good. And then we'll do Lethal Weapon, and then for the last one, for because we'll we got a bonus one, um, we'll figure that out. That yeah. We get there. there are a few that we could do. Um, we could do uh, Gremlins. We could do... Does it have Phoebe Cates tips? Uh, no. Okay, so we're not doing that. Yeah, no. It, I mean, it has Phoebe Cates... That's why I said that's... Well, but no tits. So we can do Fast Times at Ridgemont High, then. Uh, her dad dies, and Santa Claus in the chimney. We can do Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we could do <laughs> Gremlins. We could do... Um, I'm trying to think of some that aren't, like, just, like, traditional... Gremlins is at this point. What? Traditional Halloween... Or, uh, Christmas movie? Yes. It's well into the pantheon. Sure. I hear it mentioned all the time now, so I mean because it does. I mean, Christmas is pretty prominent in it in that film. Well, yeah, it's it's like the main backdrop of the film. We could do Gremlins two instead. It's not the holster in it, baby. That one is not a Christmas movie at all. It's a parody. It is, but it's not a Christmas movie. Um, there are a few, so we'll we'll think about it and we'll we'll see what we can do. We can do Nightmare Before Christmas, and I'll yeah. just fucking rip that film a new ass. Oh God, you don't like that one. It's overrated. I like it. I mean, saw it when I was like five years old. Yeah, so did everybody. You know what? I like James the Giant Peach better. Um, no. <laughs> no. All right, so uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the Santa Claus 2. Uh, does that have a, uh, a subtitle, or is it just the Santa Claus 2? No, it does have it. I thought so. I thought it did, but I couldn't remember. 
I'll look, I'll look it up right now. No, wait, no, no. No, it doesn't. I it's, thought a, it, it's the third one that does. The uh, escape clause. The escape, yeah, that's right. Okay, so it doesn't have a subtitle. All right, good to know. Um, We'll be back next week. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, can we Apple. Just do, you know, I'd rather do the third one because it has Martin Short. At yeah, least I know, the- but we no, we have to do the second one <laughs> just because. Um, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple, or, uh, or Google Podcasts, and any other podcasting app that you use. Uh, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast on Twitter at, at blood and black rum. Uh, we have an email address at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, um, make sure you leave us a, uh, review and uh, star rating for, uh, any of the podcasting apps that you use. And then also, we have a patron page at bloodandbikechromepodcast.podbean.com where you can donate to our show. One dollar a week or one dollar a month actually gets you um, all of our episodes one day early. So um, keep that in consideration and uh, help us fund the show. Thanks a lot. We hope you have a festive season as we continue our festivist series, and we hope to see you back next week for the Santa Claus too. Take care.